podcast and radio show from the David A. Howe Public Library right here in Wellsville, New York. I'm your host, Nick Gunning, and uh, I'm joined here by my masked friend, Kate Miller. Kate, welcome back. Thank you. Good to be here. <laughs> I, listening back to the episode I did with Malik a few episodes back, it was like, boy, you can hear those masks. A little bit. You, just, you're coming through crystal clear. Oh, good. Uh, in my headphones. Though, okay. So. All right. Well, it just shows crossed. just shows that we're being safe. That's so right. That's all This that will be a episode brought to you by masks. <laughs> anyway... Today's episode is going to drop on the first day of Women's History Month. So all throughout March, we're going to be highlighting women authors with special spotlights and interviews. Today, we're going to be talking about Patricia Briggs. And Kate, I feel like your love of Patricia Briggs has popped up in podcast past. Yes. But we've never really done a full and complete deep dive into we it. Haven't. So we definitely I'm, haven't. I'm excited to take this journey with you today. Fingers crossed. <laughs> let's hope it meets the expectations. Okay. Here. Let's uh, let's get into some bookmarks, see what we've been reading and watching. Bookmark. Oh my gosh. I have things. Do you? I do. Oh my gosh, it's that's so exciting. Is it because of the pandemic? Like, Probably. are you able to? Yes, it's pandemic winter in New York. Okay. So I finally was able to talk You're just my inside. into starting the Avengers series. Oh, like the movies. We are tackling the movies. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. How deep are you in? Um, We just watched, we got through the first Avengers. Okay. We watched the second Thor and now we'll be going on from there. We're doing them in timeline order. Yes. Which I found from some Marvel mm -hmm. purist that maybe we should have just gone in release order. Okay. But we started in timeline order, so we're just cruising with it. Okay. So does that mean like you've already watched like Captain America and Captain yep. Marvel? Yep. Okay. Captain America, Captain Marvel, Iron Man 1 and 2, uh, The Incredible Hulk. Yeah. Which was not great. Oh, you didn't like it? I, d I, I do like kind of like it. I do kind of like it. I liked... Um, Oh, I forget the, the actor's name. Better The one in The Avengers. Mark Ruffalo? Yes, thank you. Better than Edward Norton. Oh, okay. I, I See, liked that. I sort of liked the Ed Norton version because it reminded me of the old 70s show. Like a okay. more like sort of cerebral and serious. Sure. But one of my favorite moments in like all of Marvel is when Mark Ruffalo shows up in the end of Avengers and is like, well, this was all horrible. Like I just... <laughs> That line kills me every time. I think his character was so good. Yeah. A mix with the rest of them. Yeah. That I liked that. I couldn't see Edward Norton pulling I, off no. that same that same chemistry with everybody. Maybe. I feel like having Edward Norton and Robert Downey Jr. on screen together, like something would have exploded right? somewhere. The like it just would have been just... too much. It yeah. would have ended in a fist fight, I feel like. Probably, but, yes. No, I was very skeptical when Ruffalo was cast, but then I was very pleasantly surprised and have remained a fan right, the yeah. whole time. Yeah, so and up to the first Avengers movie where they like finally all come together, it's like reading the first five chapters of a book. Yeah. It's like I'm not seeing... Like you could see the little connections yeah. coming in, but it felt very disjointed. Mm -hmm. And now after watching the first Avengers movie, I was like, oh, this is so much better okay. now. Okay, there you go. Context. Context yeah. is key. Back when we were still allowed to be places in public, right. uh, Eric and I did a special episode of the All the Books show live from the fair, okay. uh, right when Ant-Man and the Wasp came out at the Allegheny County Fair, just in the booth there, where we yep. sort of went through a ranking of all of the Marvel movies. Ah. And that was back when Eric was editing the podcast. So it was a very long episode. It was, but that was a bear <laughs> to edit because uh, luckily people kept wanting to like come up and talk to us. And so well, we had to go. pause every few minutes, you know, and, and get back into you it. You needed but... two separate podcasts, really. Exactly. Exactly. But you can 
can find that in the All the Books archives at soundcloud.com slash all the books. What did you think of uh, Thor The Dark World? I have a hard time. Okay. Uh, Chris Hemsworth is super easy on the eyes. So <laughs> I'm always for Thor. Okay. But I don't like the Jane Foster character. Oh. I, I liked it initially. I was like, oh, she's a smart, scientific uh-huh. female. And then she's just like swept off her feet by mm. this Norse god mm-hmm. type of person. Mm-hmm. I'm like, hmm, I'm not buying it. I hear what you're saying. The storyline beyond that, because I always put my feminist glasses on first yes. to judge things. Beyond that, I enjoyed it. Oh, good. Like, there hasn't really been one that I didn't like. Yeah. So, I, I mean, think, it was all right. You know, I think Thor the Dark World is the one that typically ends up on everybody's bottom list. Really? But I kind of like it. It feels sort of episodic to me. It feels like just like an episode of a yes. Thor series. And I kind of liked it. Yeah. You know? And uh, I can't tell you how up and down roller coaster that ride was with Loki. Oh, I'm yes. Like, oh, Loki. Yeah. Oh, Loki. I know. I know. <laughs> Loki's getting his own show on Disney+. Plus. I think he deserves it. Do you? Okay. Do. So you're in for it. So far. I mean, have, I'm only partway through. Have you been watching WandaVision or probably not? If I you're... haven't yet. Okay. Since yeah, we're just sense. starting this whole Avengers Marvel yeah. Universe kind of thing, yeah. I, I figured we'd wait on okay. that. Okay. Uh, we, we're loving it, Are my you? wife and I. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I only hear good things. And yeah. the same thing, my husband and kids don't like to sit down. We've talked about this before, yes. too, because it drives, it always drove Eric crazy that <laughs> I would have to pause That's a true. movie or not finish yep. something because of the kids. Wonder Woman for you is a five-part miniseries that you watch in 20-minute increments. <laughs> Like every two hour Marvel Avengers movie yeah. ends up being at least two and a half to three hours. We need snacks. We need dog oh, yeah. breaks. The dog needs walk. Blah, Definitely. Blah, 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 blah. It's, it's an adventure every mm-hmm. time. So my husband is like not looking forward to end game because it's just over three hours long. It is. Yeah. And I'm like, but everybody says it is worth every minute. Yeah. I'm like, we'll see when we get there. I yeah. don't think you'll be disappointed. Yeah. So fingers crossed. For you, that that's going to be like a roots level. It's a like that's how day. long it's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> it's like we're gonna have to get up early yeah and just start the movie all day long you're gonna have to like pack a lunch like you're going on a car trip you know like we'll still need to stop anyway cooler <laughs> get out your lunch okay so wow finally working through marvel yes. exciting times what a time to be alive it, it, well hey finally i had a reason to make my yeah. family sit down and watch movies so we actually have been doing a, a very very slow rewatch of marvel movies the most recent thing we did was doctor strange yeah, we aren't there yet. Okay. I'm kind of on the fence about Doctor Strange. Ace is really looking forward to Ant-Man. Yeah. And I don't really know why. Like, That's Maybe fun. just because he shrinks and whatnot. Yeah. But like, that is his go-to. So. I, I feel like I'm maybe in the minority, but I put Ant-Man and the Wasp really high on really? my list of Marvel movies because it is just fun. I mean, yeah. it's just fun and it's cool. And I love Paul Rudd. And, yeah. You know, well, it's a great... Sure. How do you and not love Paul Rudd? Michelle Pfeiffer, Michael Douglas, come on. It's a classic It's a good, cast. it is a classic cast. I think so far my favorite was probably Captain Marvel, but once yeah. again, that's got those whole feminist oh, glasses sure. on. Yeah. I'm like, she don't need no man. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's absolutely right. Uh, I But so we, so we did watch Doctor Strange. As far as things that we're watching, though, it's been a little bit of a lull, I feel like, though I did just watch the pilot for the new Superman show, Superman and Lois. Okay, and you're a big Superman guy. I'm a huge Superman guy, and I've really liked when this actor, Tyler Hoechlin, as his name, has popped up in, like, Supergirl or some of the crossovers. Okay. And it's been years that he's been sort of popping in every once in a while, and they finally, like, did this show. And it was very unlike any Superman show or movie I'd seen before in really? a good way. I thought they really, 
Like he really taps into a Superman's like a goodness and likability. It's Aww. not so far. It's just a pilot, but wow. in all of his appearances, he's not been a dark or brooding Superman, which seems to be the way. Right. He's not just the Man of Steel. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Good. Good that. point, Kate. <laughs> I also uh, finally we started watching Schitt's Creek. Have you? You know, my husband and I started some of that a while back, yeah. and for whatever reason, it didn't catch. Yeah. Is that for you too? We felt exactly the same way. We watched maybe the first three episodes or something. We were kind of like, okay. I I think we watched maybe four or five even, and we just never decided to pick it back up. Yeah. So we're like, I don't know. I don't even know why we did, honestly. I think think because we're in a lull, we were like, oh, well, let's give that another shot. Right. And I'm glad we did because as it's progressed, we have gotten into it. Okay. So So it is worth, it's worth a redo. Yes. Okay. But what I'm absolutely loving is Kim's Convenience. Okay. Have you heard of this at all? I haven't. It's a Canadian show, like Schitt's Creek. Okay. Um, and it's made its way to Netflix. And I want to say there's four seasons out now. And it's just about a Korean family uh, who run a convenience store and okay. just like their lives. And it's, you know, it's a half hour sitcom. And oh, it's kind of nice. I'm just loving it. No, is I've... that like family friendly? Yeah, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Because that's, that's something we always struggle with is trying yeah. to find something that all four of us can watch together a five-year-old yeah. a almost 13 year old and a two adults you know it's like what do we watch yeah, like I baking think... competitions you know but <laughs> i don't think my son would enjoy it but i well, i don't sure. think there's content at least not very often that would be questionable and i feel like when it is it would fly right over his head that's, so that's but i highly recommend kim's convenience right. it's a lot of fun i'll have to look into that then I've also been doing uh, quite a bit of reading. I, I finished a few things here. Uh, I finished mm-hmm. Dear Justice by Nick Stone. Have you read these? I haven't yet. Okay. They look good because that's the follow-up to Dear Martin. It correct? is. Okay. Yes, it is. And I, I enjoyed both of them. This one, I feel like the author's note kind of threw me for a loop because yeah. Dear Martin is a little bit more about you know a kid who's on his way to like law school. It's, it's okay. more of a... Like he has these opportunities that not everybody has. Mm -hmm. And in the author's note to the follow-up, she talks about how she wanted to focus on kids who don't have those same opportunities. But it kind of ends up where the the main character is getting a lot of outside help and it sort of feels like, well, that's not really... It didn't quite end up where she... Yes. And so I think... Put that in your head? I think if I hadn't read the author's note, I would have just really enjoyed the story but with that i was kind of like but you kind of take a turn at the end where it's more about good thing he had these like friends in high places and it's like i don't know if that really she she wanted a pretty bow yeah on on the end of the book it's like oh look and i can't i can't blame her because it really it's it makes for nice continuity with dear martin and and as a, a duology of books i mean they work really well together but that author's note I think altered my expectations. So where I was kind of like, "Hmm." (laughs) yeah, I'll give her a call. (laughs) Just be like, you know what? I think you should scratch that. It didn't really work for me. I do recommend the series though. I think they, I think they work really well together. And I think actually, if you hadn't read Dear Martin and just picked up Dear Justice, I think that you'd be fine. It works that way. Yeah. Those are nice. Because the the characters from the first book play more of secondary role in the second and they're kind of reintroduced. And so, you know, it's, I think you enjoy it more if you know the context and the history of the characters, but I think that they each depth. work as a standalone too. Yeah. So, uh, I also, uh, while we're, while we're talking on heavy topics here, I read the third volume of March by John Lewis. Oh, uh, me too. Did you? Yes. I just finished it okay. a week or two ago. Maybe I really, I mean the first volume, I think it particularly stands out to me as just great. And I feel like the story as a whole is, I mean, it's, 
I think it's upsetting anytime you read it, but reading it, like reading that third one right now, I was like, yeah. oh my gosh. It felt way too relevant I know. to be happening I know. like almost six I know. years ago. It's very, yeah. It, it hurt. Yeah. It literally hurt for me to read some of the things that people yeah. were experiencing. I know. Oh. And, and, you know, the, the bulk of the plot is taking place in the 60s. And it's yep. like even the pushback and the interactions there, it's like there are differences, but also not really. Not really. You're having the same conversation. The exact same conversation. So, I don't know. Do, is it, do you enjoy the trilogy? Like I did. I, I found it a little heavy not just not just context i mean obviously the the story itself is a hard one to swallow yes but there were there were so many names was <laughs> yeah. what kind of threw me yeah. and i was like i feel like i should know all these names it yeah. felt like i was trying to study and i'm like i don't know all these names though yeah. and so that kind of bogged me down just a little bit but i mean if i can if i can just take that away that he was recognizing all these people yeah. that did all this tremendous work then I'm like, just just focus on the story. Yeah. You know, there were two different purposes there almost, I felt like. Yeah, so. I know what you mean. I know what you mean. I feel like a, as a whole, the three are such a good, concise, personal history of, of an incredibly turbulent and like monumental time in history. Something that applies so strongly to today that yes. I, I really feel like it's required reading. It should be. And it's put in a way that kids... I think could could digest it a little yep. easy. I will agree with you on the third one that it, it also it felt a little thick to me. It felt yeah. like we've got so much more story, we got to get it in here, to the point where it sometimes it sort of forgot that it was a graphic novel. I felt yeah. like yeah. you know, it probably so, could have been split up into four. I would, if, say, I think it would have been better served. I do gone that way. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I uh, highly recommend all three yes. of the books. Do we still have copies of March 1? Uh, we do. We still okay. have copies of March 1 available at Curbside okay. for, for our teens and tweens to yeah. take home. So if you haven't picked one up, go and, uh, go and grab it. In uh, lighter, dumber reading, I, I read... <laughs> I read... This is like... This is an author I feel like I have a toxic relationship with, but I read Cross by James Patterson. Ugh. James and Patterson. I know. And I don't pick up like the, the typical, just like James Patterson and write sure, this novel. Sure. But Alex Cross for me still works. Still I gets still you, huh? like the Alex Cross stories. And we all have those though. What is what's so funny about it is that in the books he's he has like he has a PhD, I want to say in like psychology. Okay. And is also like a cop or an FBI agent, well, depending sure. on like what era you're in. And I feel like Alex Cross as a character tends to like overpower the story. And so in the last couple that I've read, it's like when there's the serial killer or the villain that he's chasing, right. like those sections, I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But how, how's Alex works, <laughs> like, work Alex life doing? balance? Exactly. That's what it's like. I'm like, I just want to read a story about this man, like trying to raise his kids by himself and have this like high stakes, stressful Absolutely. job. And I don't care about the murderer of the week. So I don't know if that's how you're supposed to feel, but that's how uh, I feel about these but books. But, you know, I tend to find myself, I will read the junkiest stories. <laughs> I don't care what the story is if I love the character. Yep. yep. Um, I, that's me and Alex Cross I might day. say this wrong because, you know, it's yes. one of those things you read it. You don't always say it out loud. I always pronounced it Terry Goodkind. Uh, Eric looked at me like I had grown a third eye in my head when I said that. Yeah. He said Terry Goodkind. Uh -huh. How do you say it? I don't think that I've ever said it out loud, but okay. I guess I've always read it good kind. But right. which makes sense. But yeah. so somewhere in my head, I'm like good kind. Yeah. But either way, 
his stories, I don't even like them. I don't even remember <laughs> half of what the storylines are, but I love the characters. Yeah. And I will read through all 13 books of the, wow. the Seeker. 13. Yeah. That's a, that's a I commitment. I own them all and I don't even like them. Wow. <laughs> Wow. So you get it. You get it. You get I my love, love those of Alex Cross. So. This one had a kind of a meta moment here because this book is the one that was adapted into the movie where Tyler Perry plays Alex Cross. Okay. And in the book, Alex Cross is watching a Tyler Perry movie. No way. I was like, whoa. Somebody was like, I'm going to get on that. Yes. <laughs> Finally, I was in a Superman mood thanks to Superman and Lois. So I read Superman Up in the Sky by Tom King. Nice. Tom King is a pretty a pretty highly respected comic book author at the moment. I feel like he's also kind of polarizing. Um, I've liked some of his stuff. Didn't like this Superman story. It was too, it was about Superman trying to rescue a little kid who was abducted by an alien. And it Mm. was more about, it was more an examination of Superman's goodness than it was about like this plot. So this time you wanted more plot, less character. I did. And the thing is like, I really, I really like that about Superman. So I thought that I would be into it, but it, the story was just kind of like, sometimes it was really like linear and serious. And other times it was like, at one point Superman's in like a boxing match on some alien (laughs) world. And I'm just like, what are you doing? Tom King? Pick a story, man. I don't. So I wouldn't recommend that one, but I, but I did in fact read it. I'm currently reading brave new world by Aldous Huxley, Uh uh, which I hadn't read before, but we did watch the Peacock miniseries and loved it. It was so good. And, of course, we just read 1984 for the Band Book Club's yep, um, yep. pick this past year. And so I picked up Brave New World, and I'm really liking it. And as with 1984, I'm shocked that it's as old as it is. Right. You know, because it's it amazing feels so fresh. It really, are. yeah, it is. it is. It's pretty amazing. I will say I read Brand New World, but that was in college, and I probably didn't give it the attention I mm. should have, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. Well, so required that might reading. Take, you know. I know, right? It's never as enjoyable when it's required. True, yeah. So probably a revisit on that would do me well yeah. for that one. The show is good, too. I'd recommend it. Yeah. Um, there, There's noticeable differences, as with always, but sure. I, I do feel like it's a pretty good adaptation at least so far that's good then what about you kate what's on your reading list at the moment Um, have you read anything good that you'd that you'd recommend or recommend that we stay away from i we read chapter books Mm. at night with kids okay a few minutes a night a couple chapters whatever we can get in and i picked up flora and elysis by kate DiCamillo because i saw that disney plus was going to be putting a movie out Mm -hmm. i was like that'd be fun read the book watch the movie we loved that book okay absolutely loved it all of us there were just the quirkiest characters and the storyline was so sweet and it ended up just i mean it was it was the perfect little package for a family read yeah i will say i wasn't as thrilled with the movie because we we already watched that look sure, at me yeah. watching new releases you're, so, you're oh, up to date i'm on top of things um so they disney kind of disney-fied yeah. the storyline a little bit they you know the parents get together oh and sure that and the other thing you, you know so there were there were some some disnifications there that I didn't necessarily like, mm-hmm. and and they they took a little bit of the color out of the characters. Uh, so the book, like two big thumbs up. The movie, meh, mm. for me. Um, Do you know what I weirdly liked? Speaking of that? Disney Plus, uh, the Lady and the Tramp live action movie. That's one we haven't watched yet. I had no interest in watching it. Like sure. absolutely no I, interest. I wasn't that interested in the animated one. Agreed. 
uh, my wife had a lot of affection for the okay. old one. And just one day it was like, oh, let's watch a movie. And I put it on and we were very pleasantly surprised by it. It really? was, so yeah, it was it an was, improvement. It was, it was just enjoyable. That's and fun, it, then. it, uh, <laughs> it cleans up some of the questionable aspects of oh, the original, good. you know, in a very clever way, you sure, know, so you still sure. have kind of the feel without, you know, the things that you have to explain to your children. So yeah. that was, uh, that was nice. I, yeah, I wish I'd, they could I'd redo The Little shot. Mermaid, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, you know. Because <laughs> I'm like, Lily, this is not a way to live. <laughs> Don't be a Little Mermaid. <laughs> That's true. The messaging of that is uh, pretty good. flawed. Yeah. Take a run at that. Take a run at Greece and then <laughs> get back to me. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, no, no. Okay. We, we need something better. Definitely. All right. So um, Flora and Ulysses. Flora and Ulysses yeah. I loved. And I finished the March yes. series. I also read Class Act. By oh. Jerry Craft. It's the follow-up to New Kid that okay, won the Newberry yes, last yes. year. Yep, I read New Kid. And mm-hmm. I read New Kid last year. And this this is, it, it reminded me when you were talking about Dear Justice and Dear Martin, oh, yeah. how they kind of, they work okay. together. Really good book, though. Mm-hmm. I, I really enjoyed the fact that it didn't tiptoe around some topics yeah. that people of color have to deal with. Yeah. You know, there are these two, two black boys that go to a private school mm-hmm. and... And, you know, they have to deal with being the minority and how that feels and how it feels when they go home. And, and there's no tiptoeing. Mm-hmm. They're they're laying it out there like, no, you may not touch my hair. No, mm. I, I'm not. You know, don't just expect these things yeah. of me. So that was for being a juvenile graphic. It really packed a punch, wow. truly. So I, I liked that a lot. I liked well, both I mean, New books, Kid so. was a pretty bold book as well. It was, so not it's surprised. Same, it's the same characters yeah, okay. in, in like the next grade. They, mm-hmm. They've grown up and matured a little bit. So it's, it was a good follow-up. And it was it, and honestly, even if you didn't know uh, New Kid, yeah. it still would have been a good book. Yeah. So I really, I really liked that one. Oh, I picked up James and the Giant Peach. That's our next oh, okay. family read that we're going to do. You're yep. a big Roald Dahl fan, though. I'm getting there. Yeah. I didn't know I was, but we read Charlie and the Chocolate Factory and Matilda and Charlie and the Great Glass Elevator. So weird. No. Have you ever read that one? No, I honestly don't. I feel like I've read James and the Giant Peach when I was a kid, and I think that's it. So weird. Yeah. I really have no idea. Like, they end up in space, and there Ooh. are these weird aliens. <laughs> and okay, that's a left turn. And they're to the president, who his mother is his advisor, and he's like, no, Johnny, you can't do that kind of thing. Like, it's very off the wall that's very strange okay so strange so i mean we read through it but i was like why did you do that huh um and bfg we loved bfg okay so yeah i was like why not give james and giant peach try i liked that movie as a kid so creep me out yeah a little bit yeah is the book creepy i would assume Um, we're just starting it but so so i'll have to get back to you on that one but i have high hopes yeah okay hopefully it's not like great glass elevator And, uh, no spacefaring adventures for no. the giant peach. I, I, I mean, that could be interesting, I guess. It, but, yeah. <laughs> um, and I am also reading The Inheritance Games by Jennifer. Oh, I'm going to mess it up, I think. I want to say Barton, Jennifer Lynn Barton. Possibly? YA? Or? Yes, okay. it's a YA, a newer YA that we got. Um, teenage girl from Connecticut with only a half sister to speak of gets summoned to a mansion in Texas and okay. told that she has she's the heiress of a forty billion dollar inheritance. Oh. I'm like seventy pages in and just think of eating the taxes. Wow. Right? Could you imagine? You know what? what? You might actually like Superman and Lois because in okay. it uh, and this is this is not something that happens in the comic books, but they have two 
teen sons who are sort of dealing with fitting in, but only yeah. one of them is showing powers. So oh, definitely, okay. definitely some teen Mine's drama in there. Yeah. In there. Oh Poor yeah, Neville. that's true. <laughs> Poor Neville. But he ended up uh, getting he, cut he and up, everybody right. had a crush on him. So, you, you know, he is not bad looking now either. <laughs> I don't know if this is the content we want on. No, this, it, but it's, it's on tape. There's nothing we can do about no, it. Well, on tape. On <laughs> sorry, tape. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so that's that's what I'm reading, and like I said, we've been watching the Avengers movies. Wow, I know I, I finally nailed my well, children down. It's always nice to find a silver lining in the pandemic. I here. think this is you mine. finishing movies, definitely. Right. I mean, it's taking us twice as long as the runtime, but we're doing it. You are. We're You're getting it. through. One of my favorite parts about pandemic, like, has been the this uh, the growth of the uh, library senior staff group chat uh, <gasps> text. Yes. <laughs> We're a colorful bunch. Sometimes. It's true, yeah, yeah. It's really. Uh, I feel like half the time it's just us like making fun of each other with the yes. use of gifts, which is entirely necessary. I think it is. Yeah, and, it's and team it, building. It really sparks the creativity it too. Does. <laughs> you got to find just the right gift. There's been so many times where I'm like, oh, I know that. I know that scene. Where is that? Yes, it's what a are race. The keywords I need. It's here. a race to get the right gift. Yeah, which I which it's I do appreciate. <laughs> well, I mean, your plate is full. Look at that. Movies, books, you're all over the place. I love it. Oh, uh, shall we get into some book news? Sure. Look into the future to see what it proves. It's time for book news. I thought we would look at some New York Times bestseller lists. And since you are the children's librarian, I'm going to look at yes. the bestsellers for children's picture books. Oh, are boy. you ready, Kate? I feel like this is a test. It is a test. Dun, Number dun, dun. 10, Grumpy Monkey, 39 Weeks on the List by Suzanne Lang, weeks. illustrated by Max Lang. Jim Panzee, I'm in. Right Jim there. Panzee. You had me. His name's Jim Panzee. Jim Panzee is having a bad day. That's How have it. we never... How have we never come up with chimpanzee? I know, before? it's so good. That's oh. all the synopsis you get, though. Chimpanzee is having a bad day. day. I would argue it's all you need. I don't. Frankly. I, couldn't, I mean, what else is there? No. When you, get it, when you get it, you get it. I have read that, actually. I read that to my son. My son can be a bit of a grumpy monkey sometimes, mm. so that actually, uh, that really spoke to him. It's nice when that works out. Pete the Cat, the great leprechaun chase. Well, that's just seasonal. Yeah. That's why we're seeing that yeah, again. James Dean. That's a one-off. Pete opens a leprechaun catching business. Makes sense. Sure. Makes sense. Why would a cat need to catch a leprechaun though? What's the phrase? The the bloom the bloom has gone off the rose. Do you feel the bloom has gone off the rose of Pete the Cat? I kind of do. I I think Pete the Cat is only popular now because he's Pete the Cat. It's true. He he's really resting on his laurels (laughs) of of the white shoes and the the groovy buttons. Yeah. Those are my favorites. Beyond that, like it's kind of like, oh. Okay. Some get really I don't know. So some I just hate reading out loud. Yes. The ones that are just songs, like the wheels on the bus. I bought so that long. not knowing. I'll never read it. No. Though I do like the Twinkle Little Star one because it includes verses I'd never heard before. Oh, well, that's good then. So See, that was expanding fun. on it. We have the uh, like 12 Days of Christmas, Pete, that my son oh. made me read last night. And I was like, good Lord, oh, please so make you, me stop. See, I won't do it. You won't? This, no, I have a firm <laughs> line. You know, it's like December 26th. And my son is like, read this Christmas books. And I'm like, <laughs> in 364 <laughs> days, I will, my friend. I'm not reading a Christmas uh, book after Christmas. That's, that's insane. That's too funny. I don't mind. Okay. I'll watch Elf pretty much any time of the year. No, I won't do it. So no. Neither will Scott. I worked with somebody uh, at the Houghton College Library. Uh, shout out to Laura Dibble. Today's her birthday. Laura, happy oh. birthday. Well, happy birthday, Miss Laura Dibble. Laura. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Laura would birthday. start Christmas music, I want to say October 1st. Oh, no. That's even and too early for me. I just... 
I mean, I'm day after Thanksgiving. Sure. Blare it. Yep. Let it ride. Yep. October 1st? No. No. That no. is a little early. I will say that every now and then, like a little before Thanksgiving, I get that like giddy little kid, oh, it's a Christmas yeah, song kind yeah. of feeling, but it can't sustain. No. Like I can't keep going because then it's just too much. I'm saying October 1st, but if you told me that Laura started listening to Christmas music like early September, you think it could be I would earlier than that? I think oh it could gosh. be earlier. Yeah. I, I need to check in with her. Uh, number eight on the list, Solway by Lupita Nyong'o, illustrated oh, yeah, by yeah. Vashti Harrison. After a magical journey with a shooting star, Solway discovers her inner beauty. I've also read this one. Still a good one. Yeah, yeah it's good. That is. It's good. I'm three for three at this point, so that's go. pretty good. Uh, I haven't read this one. Ambitious Girl by Mina Harris, illustrated by Marisa Valdez, a celebration of female ambition. Very topical. Ambitious. Are you looking at this? You, I, I had to see the cover. Are to you see making if notes? Do you uh, know? I didn't recognize it. Five weeks on the list. Five weeks. Man, I'm missing out. So it's out. been there for a while. See, I am. I'm failing. Darn it. Okay. Yeah. We well, got to make learn a something. This one is new. This one is new. Okay. Number six, uh, Tale of the Mandarin Duck by Bette Midler. Huh. I saw that one. Wow. It might be. It might be ordered. Bette Midler. I'll give you that. Okay. Yes, Photographed I was like, Bette Midler. By, Mi- yeah. <laughs> by Michiko Kakutani. In 2018, a rare duck is spotted in New York's Central Park. Yeah. Okay. And she, did, Bette Midler, decided she All had right. to write a story about it. I guess she did. Couldn't sing a song about sure. it. Had to write a story. Why not? Why not? Uh, number five, 19 weeks on the list, How to Catch a Leprechaun by Adam mm-hmm. Wallace, yeah. illustrated by Andy Elkerton. I do believe I've read this. Yeah. This is the year you'll finally catch a leprechaun. If you haven't read it, just replace that with Elf. Oh. Uh, and it's kind of, I mean, it's kind okay. of like the Pete the Cat thing. Oh, I see. Still fun. Yeah. Like, I'm not, I'm, I don't want to say it's not worth it, but it's it's kind of also just that, oh, mm-hmm. this again. Here we go. Yeah. All right. Number four, 27 weeks on the list. So that's oh a good long time. By yeah, Grace Byers, illustrated by Katura A. Bobo. Uh, a poetic enough. affirmation of self-esteem. I am enough. Yep. I just, I, I have that one premiering. Oh, in a couple of days. Oh, well, yes. look at that. Uh, Topical. Timely. I Very know. Timely. I read this to my son a while back. We are water protectors. Uh, I'm fairly yes. certain. Looking at this cover, I'm almost positive that I read this book. I, this was the, uh, speaking of, yes. I'm a little offended. We didn't do the Youth Media Awards this I know. Year. I know. I mean, I mean I was, every other year. I was remiss in not doing it. I know. But yeah, I think this won the Caldecott. I think you're right. Yeah, I think that's why I remember it. Yes. Anyway, by Carol Lindstrom, illustrated by Michaela Goad, standing up for environmental justice. Did you have strong feelings about the awards this year? I didn't. Youth Media Awards. I I feel like this year was hard. Yeah. Because I didn't feel like I, you know, with with being out of the library for so long and half in, half out, I felt like very disjointed with keeping up with those things. Yeah, I agree. I was happy with the amount that we actually uh, we had. That's always a nice. That's, that's my, a good bar, yeah, to that, look at and be like, we did it. Self yep. self evaluation there. Uh, number two on the list: thirty two weeks here. Hair love by Matthew A. Cherry, illustrated by Vashti Harrison. Another good one. Father and daughter work together on an extra special hairstyle. That is a good one. I like that. Yeah. This, Kate, I don't I don't know how you're gonna take Uh-oh. this. Number one on the list, 36 weeks here. Love from the Very Hungry Caterpillar by Eric Carl. A ravenous insect returns with its appetite intact. I don't like Eric Carl. You don't like Eric Carl at all? Do you think that's okay? I mean, it's fine. I don't know. I mean, my son likes Eric Carl, and maybe that's why. Your, your cardigan, though. Do you think? You know, like, <laughs> like you're, you're kicked out of the library. Yes, club, I but... guess you're probably right. Yeah, <laughs> I am. My, my son always wanted me to read Brown Bear, Brown Bear. Oh, yes. Oh, boy. I love brown bear. Well, try reading it aloud. Well, I guess you probably have. I do. It's your job. Yeah. It's, okay. It's actually, okay, so 
we're a little book crazy at my house. Yes. I have a bookshelf beside my bed. Okay. And it has my books on it, yes. But it also has a stack of books that the kids like to be read okay. over and over again. And that is one of them. I, it is there. See, I, I all maybe the time. maybe it's because of like the access that I have here, but I think it's also that I have just a little bit of an obsessive personality when it comes to this kind of thing. I will like will check out a big stack from the library and I'll read through them like maybe twice or you right. know me and my wife kind of trade off, of bedtime. Course. And then I'll like take them back and we don't there's a very few books that I've read like hundreds of times. Uh, I see. I just the repetition I, gets yeah, you. Yeah, I, I don't like it. And I also like, I feel like there's so many cool books. True. I just want him to like keep reading more. But yes. I also feel like maybe in doing that, I've taken away him having like a very deep affection for very specific books. Well, and it's more know, of a broader net. He'll, he'll be able to, to do it himself soon too, though. He'll That's be able true. to be like, I want to read Harry Potter yes. 18 times in a row. And he'll be able to do it. <laughs> yeah, That's they're, talking from personal I guess he does have certain books that he, like the... Um, the Tiny Titans graphic novels by Franco yes. and Art Baltazar. He has read through those quite he a likes bit. Those, huh? And Jarrett J. Krizaka's Lunch Lady series. Okay. He is all about. See, so, so he's got his own. Yeah. He doesn't he doesn't eat brown bear. He and I have been doing little book clubs together where we'll read something from like the junior series. Right. Like he'll you read it that. and then I'll read it. Mm-hmm. And that's been really fun. Well, like that's we've nice been doing then. that well. But yeah, I I can't with the reading the same book over and over and over again. <laughs> it really drives me crazy. I enjoy it. It's a so, comfort thing though, too. That's true. Like that just that gives me comfort. And yeah. If it, if it gives Ace comfort and Lily, I think the copy we have was actually given to me when Lily was born. Oh wow. So it has it has lasted this long. Yeah. And and it's been read. It's worth. The so. the ones that I would put like in our top tier would probably be Super Truck by Stephen Savage. Yeah. That just hit him exactly right. Like <laughs> he just loved it. And the original Pete the Cat. Yeah. You know, like those. Mm-hmm. Those are ones that, like, I don't mind reading those right. again, and those always kind of come back in the rotation. Uh, Giraffes Can't Dance by Giles Andrea is another one that we oh, read I don't know. I don't read that. often. Oh, I love it. I okay. even love that All one, right. too. Really, on really cute story. Um, and Little Owl's Night. Okay. We I, love I do that know one. that. Divya Srinivasan, I believe. We do a lot of, um, and, and less now. Actually, I need to transition into the... Uh, uh, chapter books on this but the mercer mayor's little critter series oh, okay yep i feel like maybe i've read every single one of those to my son over the last couple of years <laughs> but only once yeah <laughs> but there are uh there are chapter books uh, okay about i know critter. there were easy reader ones i guess i didn't know if there were chapters. yeah there are and there's some that are like vague it's like little critter meets goosebumps like there's these sort of like vaguely like creepy critter books ah. which i haven't read and i don't uh, i don't think i have time for the the nightmares that that critters. would uh that that would bring about but (laughs) anyway well so no no big surprises here on the children's bestseller list but there were a few breaking through it wasn't all you know 30 weeks on the list several of them were uh we gotta get Beth midler in here (laughs) we do yeah we do i wonder how much she'd charge for a zoom probably a lot probably probably she's worth it i would agree you know i would agree favorite Beth midler movie oh you know i don't do movies sorry yeah she did have a sitcom. It didn't last very long. Yeah, no. Not a fan. No. Okay. All right. Well. <laughs> Keep going. New topic. <laughs> <laughs> Let's move on to the topic at hand, and that is our author spotlight on Patricia Briggs. Author spotlight. See, that music, that music really gets you going. I like the heavy guitar. Anyway, 
Patricia Briggs. Patricia Briggs uh, is our is our topic today. You can find more at patriciabriggs.com. It's actually a great website. I don't know if you've yeah. spent any time on the website no, here. I mean, I haven't like fan fangirled at well, everything. Well, what I what I really appreciate in my my experience with this author is very limited. We'll get into that. I'm sure. I'm I'm the novice and you're the expert oh, here. Boy. <laughs> um, but she has a book list and she also has a printable mercy verse timeline. Isn't that nice? I mean, I love that. See, so it goes back to like the Avengers and Marvel. Like, do you read them in chronological timeline order or? Yes. Yeah. This is a habit that uh, uh, back on the Elder Books show, Eric would uh, very <laughs> regularly uh, curse me for my habit of wanting to read things in chronological order. I think it makes more sense. Sometimes. I, okay. I did finally get broken of it because I think it was maybe the Jack Reacher series, uh, Lee Child's Jack Reacher that I was trying right. to read in chronological order. The problem with that was. To appreciate the difference of going back early in his timeline, you had to have a better, like, grappling uh, of a what. You need the juxtaposition. And if you don't have it, you're just reading a boring book about sure. Jack Reacher in the military. So, mm. you know, okay. that broke me a little bit of the habit. But I am always a little bit like, but should I maybe read this first? And then it's like, okay, but do I go back and read it again? Yeah. Is it worth it? I know. I don't know. I know. I'm not a fan of the Star Wars prequels, but I have... I did when we were thinking about like how we're going to get my son to watch Star Wars someday. Right. Do you start with the prequels? I think no. I think no. I I read a prequel. Gosh, I can't even remember what it you was. You said now. prequel so weird. I can't. I I have <laughs> oh, to. Geez. You were like prequel. <laughs> so I don't that's all. talk funny. <laughs> Eric always what used to heck? say I did too. <laughs> I don't. Well, oh man, it's I the first what thing I noticed. It's the first thing I noticed. But I figured prequel? if I heard it. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Maybe it was just because yeah. I was like moving it. You said it as I would picture Michael York saying it. You were like, prequel. <laughs> All right. No, I feel obliged that I should say it that way. I think time. you should. Yeah. I, I read a prequel. No, that um, was the wrong way, okay. but that's fine. That's prequel. okay. Lock it in. <laughs> I read a prequel to something and Eric just rolled his eyes oh, at me. Mm-hmm. I, I wish I could remember what it was yeah. now. And I'm like, I, I I don't know. It seemed it was the first one, wasn't yeah. it? He's like, no, it wasn't. So yeah. So I understand the. I don't know. He's Eric's getting know. a lot of name drops in this episode. You know, that's the last time I did a podcast though. Was oh, with him, okay. So. Gone but not forgotten. Yeah. He uh, he's still. I mean, radiomeanwhile.com, You can find all of the podcasts right. that Eric still does. So Just go listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> it happens. It happens. All right, well, I'm gonna read like, you. I know. I'm going to read you the biography uh, from Patricia Briggs' yeah, website. I will say I'm not an expert on on the author herself as much as I am like the characters. Well, you're going to so learn some things. So there might be things. some knowledge here. You're going to learn gonna some things today. today. I learned in reading this that her mother was a librarian. Isn't that awesome? So right away we have a connection. Anyway, from patriciabriggs.com, Patricia is the number one New York Times bestselling author of the Mercy Thompson series and has written 24 novels to date. She's currently writing novel number 25 as of this recording. She has short stories in several anthologies, as well as a series of comic books and graphic novels based on her Mercy Thompson and Alpha and Omega series. Patty began her career writing traditional high fantasy novels in 1993, a simpler time. Wouldn't you say, Kate? Well, sure. Since I was six. And shifted gears <laughs> in 2006 to write urban fantasy. Moon Called was the first of her signature series about mercy. The nonstop adventure left readers wanting more. And word of this exciting new urban fantasy series about a shape-shifting mechanic 
spread quickly. The series has continued to grow in popularity with the release of each book. Patty also writes the Alpha and Omega series, which are set in the same world as the Mercy Thompson novels that began as a novella, expanded into a full new series, all of which debuted on the New York Times bestsellers list. Look at that. Pretty exciting. It sounds exciting, doesn't it? How did you discover the series? Um, I... No, sorry. Are you a Mercy okay. Thompson fan or are you more of an Alpha and Omega? Honestly, I'm a little bit more of an Alpha and Omega. Really? I like Mercy Thompson. Okay. But when I read the Alpha and Omega, it was like there was no going back. Okay. There's something about the relationship in that one yeah. that just... It sunk with me a little bit more okay. than Mercy. Like the romantic relationship? Yeah, is yeah, it a yeah. romance? Okay. Yep, there is a romance in there. Right. And I mean, it's not like... It's not like one of your bodice ripper romance <laughs> kind of <laughs> All right. books. Yeah. Um, it, it is more of that action fantasy, but there's the underlying romance and it's just a very sweet couple, a very sweet connection that they have. Okay. So that one, that one kind of hooked me a little bit more, but okay. I love the mercy ones. When now I, this, th- back when we did uh, a spotlight on Stephanie Meyer, when midnight sun came out, okay. uh, which was episode 264 of the, all the book show, Kate, little plug there. Uh, it was, uh, <laughs> I was joined by Kendra Mickles, who was the, the guest on that because she's a twilight super fan. Uh, okay. And I won't she... judge her too harshly. <laughs> <laughs> she started reading it in middle school. So oh, I got to okay, give yeah. her, I got to yeah. give her I a pass on I that. I didn't have that. Yeah. But she was saying in that episode that the Alpha and Omega series for her was a great transition from that because she felt like it was sort of like Twilight, but for adults. Oh, now I have to like... You disagree. Think everything. No, okay. I, don't, I just never would have thought of that. Okay. But I mean, the Alpha and, o- Alpha and Omega series are... Uh, so if you know anything about like the idea of dominance when it comes okay. to werewolves, okay. the alpha is the leader of the I see, sure. the strongest in command mm-hmm. and the omega, um, the, this girl, Anna, the character okay. is the first omega that they've come across in a long time. They're very rare. And what does that mean? She has a calming effect Oh, and she's not affected okay. by the... Uh, the influence of an alpha. Oh, I see. So she kind of stands outside yeah. of the ranking. Turns those tables. Exactly. She okay. has her own kind of power yeah. in that way. Nice. And and she also has a calming effect. And, okay. And where she is is this pack with um, a bunch of old, really really centuries old werewolves. Okay. And when they get to be that old, they get dangerous wow. because they start to lose control. Okay. Et cetera, et cetera. So she is very valued where she is mm-hmm. for having this just natural calming effect over over all of these essentially wild beasts. Okay. So it's a really it's an interesting thing, but she's she's also powerful in just her person. Like okay. her personality. She stands up for herself and she's but she does it in a very sweet and like kind way. Mm, okay. So like there's this delicate balance Disarming. of everything. Yeah. Okay. But I, I really I really liked the Alpha and Omega because the, the Alpha in that pairing there, it, he was an older wolf and he was very private. And so Anna's this young bubbly wolf that mm-hmm. comes along and kind of brings him out of his shell a little bit. Okay. So it's it's an interesting play all the way through with those dynamics. So, I mean, she has kind of like everybody else is sort of like beholden to this alpha and then she comes along and is just kind of like, yeah, whatever, bro. Pretty much. I'm going to yes. do my thing. Yeah. That sounds fun. It, it kind of is. I like that. And again, with my feminist glasses, I'm like, that's right. You, you're just walking <laughs> and do whatever you want to. <laughs> you tell those boys what they're doing. So now this is, but it is connect, like it's in the same universe with yes. Mercy Thompson, right? Yep. And the Mercy Thompson series is set outside oh, in Washington. Uh-huh. I forget uh, the the city now. But, okay. But uh, 
and and they are they're set outside of the city and she's a mechanic uh-huh. and she grew up with the pack of werewolves where anna now lives okay because her there's it's a re- <laughs> it's a really deep world okay there's a lot going on well, there's a lot of books i mean just looking yes. at the website here i mean it's a pretty expansive and it's and it's a here. lovely little grab bag of all your supernatural creatures nice you've got werewolves coyote shifters sure didn't even know that was a thing didn't know i wanted it but now i do exactly vampires um witches mm-hmm. uh the fae play a really big part I don't so know like, what that means like fairies oh, okay only more of the like I don't know if it's Celtic specifically, okay. but you know, yes. the more um, like of legend, okay. not like little fairies with right. things, pixies well, like kind of things. Not no. a Tinkerbell situation. No, these are okay. the fae. They're, they're very powerful. It sounds intense. Exactly. So, I mean, there, there are a lot of different levels and I actually, um, I, oh, that was another book I read. Sorry. I read Hatchet. <laughs> hatchet. Oh. I'll, I'll get back to oh, the Oh, I can talk here. Hatchet. All right. But um, my husband got a copy of Hatchet and yeah. he read it and enjoyed it. And he was like, I think, why don't you read it? It's really short. You'll get through it. Yeah. It only took me a few days to get through it. And it was, it was fine. But I was like, I think you need to read a book of mine now. Mm, it's only He's fair. Like, okay. Yeah. So I initially uh, handed him the first book in the Mercy Thompson series. Yeah. He's like, so she's a coyote that works for a vampire? I was like, no, man. Like, you didn't even read the synopsis, right? But she also <laughs> does, like, she works on German cars, right? Yes, yes. Yeah. Which is funny because her name is actually Mercedes. There you go. So, yeah. Yes. Um, I, so I read the first, so Moon Called, is this what you gave Moon your called, husband? Yes. Okay. Two things. First, we did a Gary Paulson Hatchet Spotlight on the All the Books show episode 238. There you go. SoundCloud.com slash All the Books. <laughs> Second, this is one of the few uh, Patricia Briggs things I've read because I want to say there's four graphic novels. I think that's right. There's one called Homecoming, which is like a prequel, which coincidentally is what I read first. Yes. Like years ago. Okay. And then I read the the graphic novel adaptation. I read there's two different versions. I read it in two parts okay. of Moon Called. Okay. That kind of helps like establish the world. Yes. So like I do I had that was my end reading the graphic novels. Mm-hmm. But so what did he think of, of Moon Called? Oh, he didn't read it. Didn't read it. <laughs> he read <laughs> Hard he pass read on the that. back cover and was was confused. I was like, no, no, no. She's a coyote shifter who grew up with werewolves, okay. and now she's working on a van owned by a vampire. He's like. I don't think I want to read this one. <laughs> <laughs> he is he is very much a realistic fiction kind of guy. I though. don't think that this like would work for Hatchet him, is is it's yeah. his bread and butter. There. Yes, okay. Um, so when There's I like suggested five, that, he's like, no. Five Hatchet books. Has he he's read them read, all? He's read at least three. Okay. Yes. So, but um, instead, I recommended uh the Terry Goodkin, The Wizard's First Rule. Okay. Or Good Kind, how sure. you say it. Uh, the first one in that series because that was probably my favorite of of the series anyway. So I was like, try this one instead. This it's a little a, more straightforward. It's <laughs> a real blind spot for me when it comes to fantasy. Like we we did. I don't mean to keep plugging old episodes, Kate, hey, but I'm, I'm also not going to stop. If it happens, it happens. We did we did an episode, episode two fifty two, called Fantasy Isthmus, where uh, Nikki joined us because right. she's. I mean, she's a fantasy expert. Okay. Eric's read a lot too, and I was like, I've read the Dresden Files <laughs> and the Wizard of Oz. You know. Well, that one too. I was not helpful in this situation, <laughs> uh, but having Nikki on there was was really helpful because we got into all this deep stuff, and I don't know why because, like, I like superheroes, I like sci-fi. I don't know why I can't. I know, but I don't know why I can't like cross over. I don't know. You know. Well, and Scott was always brought up that like that stuff is make believe. Okay. This is not. Not real. Yeah, you you don't really go okay. there. So he's very much. We read um, the Mountain Between Us. 
I think it was. Gosh, I can't remember. With it was the plane years crash? Ago. Yes. Okay, I've seen the movie. And again, that was another. It was a very realistic yeah. fiction. This is this is real life, and it's got yeah. that outdoorsy adventure kind mm-hmm. of thing. So that's kind of where his strength lies. And I was like, here, look at this book about go. werewolves. Yeah. And he's like, I can't do that. Can't do it. <laughs> I get it. I get it. It is. There's Dresden a hard Files. Line. Dresden Files did kind of work for me because have you read? Is that the one you said I you read? I haven't read that one. No, I've read Dresden okay. Files. Okay, sure. Dresden Files, like because he is essentially it's a PI story. Okay. He just happens happens to like be magical and in a magical world oh, see, but, that's kind of fun too but it's like the the lens in is something that i understand right. and so i was able to be like and he also talks to a skull that's on his desk <laughs> fine Why not? you know i can do that um so maybe maybe these books would actually work for me because it sounds like i mean is there a grounded element to the story or is it completely magical world no i mean the fact that she in my mind the fact that she is a mechanic right so, I mean, right there, it's very, she's hands-on. She's not doing anything with any magic. And she herself can't really do anything magical, okay. except for change into a Turn coyote. Turn into which is pretty magical. But. I mean, it is. But as far as magical powers yeah, go, it's she's not, not a, like... not a bibbidi-bobbidi-boo situation. She's not lifting the car just sure. with her mind or right. anything, you know? I mean, she does physical work, and she lives in a, in, in a city. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's right there. She's not living in a castle well, that's hidden from mortal eyes, yeah, and, yeah. you know, <laughs> things like that. Like, she's she's very real. Yeah. So, it I, helps. That was the impression that I got from the graphic novels, and I... I don't feel like the graphic novels are really written with an eye towards bringing in new fans, which I think is kind of unfortunate. That is too bad. I feel like it was more like a preaching to the choir situation. Like you enjoy these characters, read them in a graphic novel. Now see them again. Yeah. Because I thought neither Moon Called or the prequel graphic novel (laughs) really did that. But the one thing, my one takeaway was that I felt like Mercy as a character did kind of live with like a one foot in each world. Yes. Like there was sort of a realistic element, but also like sometimes true. she's a coyote lady, you yep. know? So, and I mean, she's very mortal. There are yeah. many times throughout the series where it's like, Oh, this could be the end. Yeah. Like she just got stepped on by a troll, yeah. you know, something to that effect. And it's like, Oh, well she, yeah. she might not make it. Whereas the werewolves are indestructible and the witches have all their witchy power, yeah. and, you know? So, I mean, she is a very, she's a very human element Yeah. other than, changing into a coyote when it's the covers of these books are always very steamy (sighs) kind of bothers me (laughs) i wonder why like is it i mean typically when you see that kind of thing it's it's like maybe geared towards men but i don't know if that's really what they're going for i've always been confused by the covers of these books how about that okay and and it's difficult for me because that's not how i would dress as a powerful mechanic Coyote woman. mechanic, yeah. I'm like, why does that, why does that have to be it? So I'm going to go full on, that's the publisher and illustrator. Okay. Like that's just, that's on them. Yeah. That's, it's totally. Because it's typically all. just her. It's not even like, yeah. like a yep. man and a woman. It's usually yep. just her. Until you get to the Alpha and Omega. Yeah, okay. There are, but you, I mean, even that's usually like a woman and a werewolf. Right. So that's, that's a little bit different. But even then it's, you know, crop tops and, and very. Yeah exposed I've in just, a lot of ways that's what's that's what's always been confusing to me about the series because like i don't know who the illustrations yeah are i've only for. read a couple but it's like it it's doesn't really seems like that gels with with the tone of the book so yeah. I, but they don't show any sign of changing no. either it's no. like you know however many not. like 20 books or whatever in they're yeah. still okay yeah i'm just curious yeah so that that has always been a little bit of a gripe of mine i'm like why can't it just be you know this this strong woman wearing like yeah. her coveralls or something right. she's under the hood of a vw yeah i don't know yeah like, going from the that? covers i don't understand why there hasn't been like a, a mercy thompson movie starring megan fox yet right i mean <laughs> why, why haven't yeah. we had that <laughs> and, and this is not i mean 
if we're talking about this for Women's History Month, <laughs> like, man, isn't this just the history of how this stuff works, though? That's true. That's she's a good a point. She's a strong, independent woman who owns her own business, and yet she still ends up on the cover of the book wearing a right, crop top Right, exactly. It's like, yeah, we don't want to sell that, though. Sex sells. No, Put her- exactly. Put her in a tankini. Jeez. <laughs> Even that would cover too much, I think. I guess so. Gosh. So yeah, that that is that is a gripe that I have. But the characters, if you can remove yourself yeah. from the image of the cover, yeah, yeah. they're just they're so strong. Yeah. They're such strong women every time. They don't need a man. Mm-hmm. Eventually they end up with a partner yeah. who is suitable and they understand their coexistence. Right. It's not she needs someone to come and save her. She needs someone to support her. She's fine all on her own. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always what draws me to to these books. Yeah. Is they're just such strong individuals. Yeah. And and it works. She mm-hmm. can do it all herself. And I'm mm-hmm. like, heck yeah. Like, nice. let's go. <laughs> so how did you first pick one of these up? Like where did this come from? I was working at the Belmont Library. Okay. And I think, I don't know what I had been reading. I think there were some Meg Cabot books. Uh They they were like this girl that had been struck by lightning and she had superpowers. And I looked at Carrie Jeffords, the director there, Mm -hmm. and I said, I don't know what else to read. And she goes, try these. Mm. So really it came from Carrie over at the Belmont Library. So was it Mercy or was it Elfin It was It was Mercy. Okay. Yeah. I started with the Mercy because those, they kind of came first. (laughs) But yeah. So I, I started with Mercy and I gobbled them up. I, I looked for everything else that she's read. I actually own, I think, almost all of her books. She's got a couple of duologies um, from before the Mercy books that they aren't as catchy. They aren't as, okay. as quite as good for yeah, me. Yeah, I know we have a couple in the collection that are yeah. just standalone or, yeah. or just, yeah. you know, separate fantasy so, series. So, I mean, they aren't, those aren't as great. But mm-hmm. when I, when I kind of get hooked, I kind of get hooked. Yeah. I'm like, I have to read it yeah, all yeah. now. No, I get it. So I'm I've, the I've same got way. them all. Slightly obsessive as, oh, as we covered earlier. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah. But yeah, she's yeah. just, I love, I love her characters. Again, I, I could probably not tell you what actually happens in half of the storylines. Mm-hmm. I'm like, but, but it was really good. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Those honestly are kind of my dumb reads. Yeah. You know, like the ones that just don't numb my mind mm-hmm. and I can sit back and enjoy. And it's in a very escapist kind of read. So yeah. those are, those are my go-tos for that. Now, I, I guess I would classify this as urban fantasy. That's, wouldn't you I say? think that's what they call it. Yes. Like urban, because of similar the to, similar to Dresden and like Jim Butcher yep. books. Are you equally drawn to just general fantasy? Yes. Okay. I was reading Victoria Aveyard, I believe okay. is how you say it. And those were fantasy. And, and again, same thing, just it, I, you go somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Even though even though the Patricia Briggs books are set in, you know, in a, a, an actual city in Washington, in the United States, I could go and visit this place. Yeah. You still escape. Yeah. So that's that's a lot of what I, I read is that fantasy mm-hmm. where it removes you from your, your own reality, at least. So What do you think was the first, like, fantasy, like, going way back? Like, what's the thing that got you into the fantasy zone? Like, do you remember a book? Probably Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Yeah. Okay. That was that was probably the first, mm-hmm. and I worked through those through high school pretty much, and then, um, I mean, since I've read all the Sarah J. Moss, oh sure, yeah. similar, you know, a strong female. Yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't classify it as as strong as Patricia mm-hmm. Briggs characters, but you know, strong independent females who aren't aren't of this world necessarily, mm-hmm. and that's that's my bread and butter. If Scott is adventure and realistic <laughs> fiction, I am I am off in another world with these strong females going okay. on adventures. <laughs> Did you read Sarah J. Moss's Catwoman book? I didn't. I haven't read it either. I read but... her series. Okay, the, like the Court of Thorns and Roses, and the, the 
titles always confuse me. They're all so similar. <laughs> that was just an interesting, like when they did that, I, I think maybe there's four of those books okay. and they got pretty like high profile right, they got, juvenile like, authors. Lou yeah. And Sarah J. Moss. Uh, Matt De La Pena wrote the Superman yes. book. Yeah. So yep, they I got sort of like top they probably, tier. They were using their popularity yeah. in the other series. Yeah. I was just curious. I'd never things, actually so. read that one, but. Uh, no, I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't turn it down. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm smelling a book club in our there future. That's what I'm hearing. <laughs> Um, where would you recommend, like, if people want to pick up this series or, or just Patricia Briggs in general, what's the starting point, do you think? It's got to be Moon Called. Moon Called. Yeah, okay. that, that establishes the whole world because I I picked up, I think it's Burn Bright is the first one of the Alpha and Omega series. Okay. Not long ago, and it's been years since I read it. And I was like, wait, what's happening? Yeah. Because it, it really kind of dumps you in the middle of this situation that was happening in a Mercy Thompson book. Mm-hmm. And picks up that storyline. So it was almost disorienting for me, okay. who does know the story, yeah. to still jump in at that point. So definitely the first the first uh, Mercy Thompson book. Okay. Called. I wish that the graphic novels were a little bit better as far as establishing the world. Because I do think that's the, that's the biggest flaw in the Moon Called adaptation. Was that you're kind of dumped in it. And you mm-hmm. don't really... Like, I don't think you really get enough of the parallel between, like, the typical world and, like, the magical world. Right. You just don't, like, I never really quite understood what the world was we yeah. were living in. Like, how widely accepted is it that some people turn into right. coyotes? Yep. Is that something that's mined a little bit more in the books? A little bit. It's still, because um, I even just picked my copy of Moon Called up last night to kind of refresh because yeah. again it's been years since yeah. I've, I've visited them you know besides the the new releases so I went back to that first one and even within the first couple of pages she says you know I once I realized that there was somebody standing in my garage I could smell that he was a werewolf mm. and then within the couple of pages you know she goes on to say something about well, even though some of the lesser fae have come out to the public, okay. the werewolves aren't ready to do that kind of thing. So within within a handful of pages, you're getting some groundwork mm-hmm. as she's not a werewolf, but she knows what's yeah. happening. And and there is some kind of public knowledge about that, too. OK, so it, it lays it out fairly quickly. OK, that way. All right. So Moon Called is, is the best starting point. But yes. for your money, Alpha and Omega is the series where it's at. It is. OK. That's How many it. books is that up to? Do you know? I think the it's fifth quite a few. book yeah. is going to be, for Alpha and Omega, I think the fifth book is going to be released next month. Mm-hmm. Um, well, this coming month, March. And I got to think the Mercy series is up to at least 10. Okay. So there's there's a wealth of, yeah, yeah. of material there for mm-hmm. anybody who's who's into it. Okay. Yeah. And we have I, most of it, I, I feel like, so. here in our collection. And if not, we can certainly so. get it Absolutely. Uh, through the other libraries. I will, okay. I will advocate for that. Good, good. <laughs> the author, again, is Patricia Briggs. And you can find more at patriciabriggs.com, including an in-universe timeline, which I'm all about. Always. So Gotta that, have options. That's good news. All right. Uh, well, Kate, do, what's uh, what's going on at the library? Like, what's coming up that we can uh, that we can promote? Talk about well let's see we're we're starting to do some small in-person programming inching our way back that's yeah. right in the exhibition room keeping it to like six to eight people depending mm-hmm. on what we're doing and what the space allows um i'm going to be doing a pot of gold slime for the oh, kids i'm okay. so excited i got these little cauldrons and i've got everything i need to make golden slime yes. thinking for uh, st patrick's day yep, coming up yeah um for teens we are getting some game night stuff going we've got the switch all set up Mm -hmm. got the beanbag chairs ready to go into the exhibition room 
and I'm going to try and get some succulents, and they can make Uh-oh. their own little like take and make succulent garden. Well, that's fun. So, so I would just a kill that so things. fast. I'm really, kill it I'm dead, really Kate. hoping somebody's got a green thumb because <laughs> these got to go fast. Yeah, it's not me. I yep. don't have the green yep. thumb. Yeah, yeah, but it could be fun. Yeah. Hopefully they last. Yeah, we'll see. Um, we are batting about the idea of holding some kind of spring event. Mm-hmm. Hopefully the weather turns for us here shortly and yep. we can get outside on the front lawn, the front terrace, and think spring a little bit. Yeah, and some some sort of modified version of the Rotary Easter egg hunt that's scheduled right. for uh, April 3rd. That's so. coming down the pipe, too. Yep. So. Faster than it seems like. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's almost March, so that's yep. which yep. I'm so glad. Yeah, I can't wait for the I know. Sunshine. I'm ready. I'm ready for a little bit of warm weather, yes. too. Yep. Yes. Yep. Well, Kate, thanks for... You know what? I feel like this was maybe the easiest to get you on the podcast this time, so maybe Eric was the problem. Oh, you know. Do you think? Hmm. We'll Maybe. see. We'll revisit this. Or it could be that I've been recording myself for a year now. That's true. That's <laughs> I'm true. Slightly more yeah. comfortable with it. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's more episodes of Kate's story time than there are of Friends at it's, this point. It's a so lot. the one know. where Miss Kate's cat jumped yeah. on the lap. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, Kate, thanks for joining us. And Kate, again, for having me. Check out some Patricia Briggs here, and we'll be back again next time. See you then.